Thanks for tuning in to Movie Geeks United. It's Blu-ray time. We're going to discuss the uh, Blu-ray releases that were uh, came out in the month of September. Yes. In this episode. So inching up on, I'm sure there are some scary movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a few. There are a few uh, horror-themed releases, some that we are uh, are pretty notable. So, uh, yeah, sure. Well, let's start with the big news. Uh huh. I'm almost, uh, I'll be 49 this month. That's not the big news. <laughs> but, but I've never had a home theater system. So, uh, last week I invested in a, in a 75 inch 4K TV and a 4K Blu ray player and a 5.1 home theater audio system and, uh, mm-hmm. never had 4K before. So, uh, I've, been uh part of the group now i've been buying discs and uh adam has trained me as he has all of you out there for years on (laughs) on on this art so uh i feel like uh i'm daniel's son ready to go off on my own and that's right uh, welcome to the club my friend explore the world with renewed confidence from the lessons i've received from my miyagi (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're a makeshift miyagi yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, that's exciting, man. I was so happy when you told me you were going to make the leap, and uh, that's 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 good stuff, man. It um, So I guess you are enjoying it, from what I'm understanding. Very much, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've purchased maybe a dozen, 15, 4Ks, mm-hmm. and they do uh, range in quality. Yes, they do. Uh, but I'll tell you the, the, the best quality of what I own that I've seen so far is the first movie I watched and the, and the last movie I watched. And the first movie was the new 4K restoration of Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is very impressive. Yeah, I haven't gotten to looking at, I haven't gotten around to looking at mine yet. Uh, I received the review copy, but did not, but have not. So the quality is good. I'll let you review that one since you've seen it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. And the last one is, uh, the last one I watched was Black Hawk Down. Which just looked and sounded amazing. Mm. Uh, now, granted, ninety percent of that movie are is gunfire. Yeah. Sure. So I mean, the sound is just uh, just really boisterous mm-hmm. <laughs> in, that, in that movie. I still marvel at how Ridley Scott did that movie. I mean, like that movie or not, um, d- the complexity just the crowd control and the chaos and you know literally two hours of it mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of non-stop it really is it's it's quite a technical marvel of nothing else yeah he's a so. very good filmmaker i mean he, regardless of whether you like this movie or that movie or not uh mm-hmm. he, he's good at making films that he is would totally agree yeah, no, no argument on that front from me. So yeah, I I didn't I don't have the Black Hawk Down 4K in my collection, but that's something that I would like Me to too. have. Me It's really good. The only drawback that I, you know, uh, you have to put in the Blu-ray disc to hear the commentaries. Commentary is mm. not included on the 4K. Right. They want to save the that bit rate for the picture quality and the audio. Right. Depth. Which I guess is fine, but it just means I'm, you know, having to put in another disc and watch it all over again <laughs> in lesser quality but then i got the hitchcock yeah collection the rear window and the vertigo and the psycho and the birds mm-hmm. i watched a couple of those and uh, listened to the freaking commentary on vertigo yeah <laughs> he's so great he is one of a kind, one of a kind, absolutely. Yeah, so so what was your, and I don't have those either, what's your take on the picture? They're uh, good. I, I found that there are a couple that, uh, you know, Poltergeist look great, and then I put in the Jaws 4K, the new one that just came out, and then uh, the colors were very washed out, so I had to adjust my TV settings to make mm-hmm. it a little warmer. That's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie that takes place mostly at the ocean, and it's washed out, so it's... <laughs> Yeah, it felt very, <laughs> felt very bleached and just not the the colors weren't vivid. Yeah, I and, didn't get I didn't get that one either, so I can't attest to it. But I take your word for it. Well, it's thirteen bucks at Best Buy. Need to get it. I, I mean, there's se- there's several versions. I'm like, should I buy this version because they've come out with like 
three different covers and all this kind of, yeah, that's confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's all, also the, the Best Buy exclusive steel books and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, isn't there always? Yeah. Which I bought <laughs> one of those yesterday, the other day, Angel Heart, and that looked mm-hmm. great and sounded great. Oh, yeah. I saw your post. Yeah. There's some films that, uh, can, can take better advantage of surround. Mm, uh, oh, or, sure. Or the, yeah. or the studio, uh, invests in you know taking the time to isolate those channels oh yeah there's some i'm sure that don't you know uh i hear that about the new um what's the one that's getting awful reviews well heat's getting bad reviews yeah it's too dark they say yeah and that's a michael mann thing because i think he approved that the darker transfer i think that was his thing he he liked that that's what he you know, went went with, I think, and I think it's just an upgrade of the 2016 yeah. uh, transfer that he approved. I uh, hear the 2016 looks better. Really? Well, that's the one I have. And so. I and I and I've seen the screen captures the, that compare the two, and it mm-hmm. and it does. It's, it's a more vivid uh, um, image. Yeah. Because that's very interesting. You know, of course, the, quite a bit of heat takes place at night, but it's also the LA sunlight. It's daytime. Oh yeah, for mo- most of it, and the movies in 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 blues and steely grays, mm-hmm. and uh, you know th- those are di- more dynamic colors than just the black and the. It yeah. looks like there's a pal over everything in the new 4K of it. Yeah, the word I got was uh, if you uh, if you have a lot of light coming in into your living room, make sure you have lots of blackout curtains before you put that one on. So mm. <laughs> that's what that's what the rap was. Yeah, like you're watching something illegal or Oh yeah, of course. That's funny. Black out the windows. <laughs> Nobody can know what we're watching. <laughs> yeah, well, good news for you. I just got the press release today that uh Serpico is coming out in four K in yeah. a couple of months. So uh I'm I'm excited for that one myself because apparently I'm... a copy of the UK or whatever. The co- yeah, that's already yeah, there. Studio Canal, I think. Yeah, did it overseas. Yeah, Kino's got the keys to the Paramount Library, or some of it, and so uh, they're not, doing it. Strangely enough, not my favorite Pacino. Uh, not not among my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I love Pacino. I love Lumet. I like Serpico fine. I, I mean, I, I, I will watch Serpico. Mm-hmm. But, um... Oh, I prefer Scarecrow if you're going for 1973 oh, yeah. Pacino. So. I prefer Scarecrow. Of course I prefer Dog Day. Oh, sure. Yep. No argument I, I, here. Uh, I don't know if I prefer Prince of the City over Serpico. I, I like both. Yeah, they're about neck and neck, I would say. Yeah. In terms of quality, I think. But uh, uh, does it have any extras on it? Nothing's been announced. I'm sure there will be some new extras because Kino's good about that. They always, they, they rarely ever put a new release out without a new audio commentary and some uh, archival stuff. So yeah, I, I would say my money <coughs> is betting on uh, a new. Uh, some some new uh, extras for that Serpico release, and the other one was Bare Bones, I believe, the Paramount, the one that was in America. So, uh, mm. um, so uh, you know, it could stand for an upgrade. I'm excited. I mean, one of you know, the great like, regrets of my movie geek's life. Two regrets came in the same show, that Al Pacino tribute show. One was I think Jessica Chastain called in, and it was it was a, and this was before anybody knew who the hell Jessica Chastain was. Mm-hmm. And uh, because Pacino gave her her first kind of break, yeah. And um, it's before I could screen calls, and it wasn't pre-recorded; it was live. So I was already on the air with four cast members of that movie, and Jessica Chastain's people had not confirmed for sure that she would call in. So it would mean I would have to interrupt the interview with these four guys and pick up this line, not knowing if it was related. You know, I should have done it. You know, it could have been a, mm-hmm. a prank caller or something. Sure. But uh, I should have done it just to see. Um, but it would – plus it felt weird because I gave all the four people of introduction and everybody knew who they were. And then if I answered the phone, it would be, hi, this is Jessica. And I'm so, oh, and you're also in the movie. Yeah, I guess I could have done that. The mm-hmm. second one was the same show, the next interview segment. I was already on the line with whoever else I was talking to about Pacino, interviewing them. And Frank Serpico called. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And I I couldn't pick up the line because oh. he's a to- totally different 
um, subject matter, totally different interview track, and I'm already talking to this guy, and I'm going to take up this guy's interview segment with by bringing in another, you know, it just wasn't convenient. And Frank Serpico, I kept asking him, trying to confirm that he would call in at a certain time, and he never answered me. Mm. So, uh, yeah. What a shame. That'd be what cool if there was, there was Serpico commentary on that. Yeah. Is he still around? I can't remember if he's gone now or I mean, or he was not. around a couple of years ago when they made that documentary about him. Okay. Well, maybe he's still around. Maybe he'll contribute, uh, hopefully. So, yeah. Kino's doing some interesting things with the Paramount Library. Uh, they got, uh, they, they, they dipped in there and did a remaster of Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, that's uh, one I like of Paramount. that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's next month. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm scooping myself because that's November release. But, um, Anyway, so yeah, I'm excited for you. This is this is terrific news that you made the leap to. So I'll be listening fourth. to your report tonight with renewed interest. <laughs> yeah, well, I can. I've seen most of them. Is you know, I uh, there's a couple things I didn't get to, as I mentioned, the Poltergeist and the Lost Boys. I didn't get to either. Uh, but most of the stuff I can give you a fair uh, amount of information about. So uh, yes, for sure. And um, there's a lot to talk about for September, uh, you know, um, for sure, as there usually is. And we we can start with it if you're ready to go ahead and yep. jump in. And All right. Well, one of your favorite films and mine uh, made the leap to 4K last month, and that was Blowout. Uh, Criterion uh, did a 4K upgrade of Brian De Palma's Blowout um, you know, from 1981. What more can be said about this film? I mean, we've talked about it many, many times, and... It's, you know, it's one of my favorites, one of your favorites, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorites. I got uh, Travolta, the job for Pulp Fiction and all that stuff. Uh, There's uh, no new extras, lamentably. Uh, Unfortunately, there's nothing new here to talk about in terms of extras. But the new 4K scan of the film is pretty spectacular. Uh, I don't think it's ever, ever looked better than it has here. There's no new upgrade on the sound, unfortunately. It's just a 2.0 surround sound mix which has been the standard for the other releases of Blowout. But if you are a fan of Blowout, I would say this is the final word in terms of quality on Blowout. Uh, you're not gonna, not really going to do much better than what they've done with the Criterion 4K upgrade of Blowouts. And I'm glad they did. And Dress to Kill is coming out this month as we speak, mm-hmm. October. Uh, that's a Kino release. And I haven't, yeah. I, I was supposed to get a re- review copy, but I don't know if it's running late or they just ran out or whatever, but I have that's not. That's for 4K, right? Yeah, that is. Yeah, so there is a criterion of uh, Dress to Kill from several years back, which I have, but uh, I was hoping to get the 4K to do a little uh, comparison, but we, uh, we're we still keeping our fingers crossed. October's not over yet. Oh, so we'll get into some of the Paramount titles that were released on September 6th. We have uh, the 4K Ultra HD release of Star Trek The Motion Picture, the director's edition, and this is a pretty big deal because for years they wanted – uh, the fans were clamoring for Robert Wise's director's cut of this film, which has a lot more character stuff. Uh, the focus was on special effects when the film was released in theaters because they spent so much on the effects they wanted to make sure that they were on screen. And a lot of the character stuff was sacrificed in lieu of the special effects. So the director's cut tried to remedy that somewhat, and Robert Wise was involved in that before his uh, passing in the early 2000s, but now that uh, he's gone, uh, they're just been kind of sitting there in limbo. They were waiting for um, maybe to uh, – well, I think the problem was that they had to justify the cost, and so the 4K was going to be a substantial output of cash, I think, to improve the special effects because the effects were done in 2K on the last – director's edition and so they decided that if they could put it on paramount plus that's a way to justify the cost so that's what they did and they remastered star trek the motion picture in the director's edition and so it's now available on a 4k disc good get it i'm so i'm so glad that uh they didn't throw away the the that uh, footage (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) they did not they did not very Um, very considerate I know, and uh, consideration some, he did not afford others. Or, that's true. That is true. Oh boy. Well, um, I'm sorry. Anyway. If, if I if I had that, I would have taken that damn footage for myself. I would have. Yeah. I, you know, we're talking about Orson Welles' follow up to Citizen Frickin' Kane. 
It's I would have a big deal. You know, I would have taken it myself, absconded it from the studio grips. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would think. One would think. Right. That's true. Well, at any rate, Robert Wise's original intended version of Star Trek the Motion Picture has been issued by Paramount in 4K disc. It looks great. The sound is amazing on this disc. I got to tell you, I did watch it, and you know the film got a bad rep that it was really slow paced and just lethargic. And I, I don't hate the film. It's definitely not the best of the Star Trek series, but it has some some moments in it that are interesting and. Uh, it's probably the only Star Trek film in the Star Trek, uh, in the films that feature the original cast. That's what you would consider a real Star Trek film in terms of the scope of the film, I would say, because of the special effects and all that. So I, I enjoyed watching this remastered version and would say that if you're a fan of this film, it is worth picking up because quality is pretty amazing. Those, uh, the Jerry Goldsmith score just blasts over you during the mm. opening credits and it's, it's really well done. So. Uh, kudos to the team that restored this and it has most of the legacy extras I think and a few hours of new extras as well uh, and it gets kind of tricky here because there's a deluxe edition of this that's being released separately that gives you the television cut of Star Trek the motion picture which is a little bit different from this version which you know it's it's if you're going to get that it's a limited edition so uh, and it may have sold out already. I'm not sure. But anyway, there's multiple versions of Star Trek The Motion Picture. And uh, in addition to that, they've also released Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. That's the one directed by William Shatner, of course, considered to be probably the low point of the series. And Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which also includes the director's and theatrical cuts. And these have all been – last year they released one through four in a box okay. set in 4K. Well, they're separate too because I saw four separately. In 4K. Yeah, they have gone back and released them separately. They have this year. But last year, you could only get them as part of a box set, one through four, and five and six was missing, which is kind of crazy. But now they've rectified that. There's a set that has all of them, including the upgraded director's edition. So uh, there's extras, a lot of legacy extras. I don't think there's anything new on Star Trek V or Star Trek VI, but um, there are some extras there. I think most of the legacy extras are there. So... Anyway, so we'll move along to a 1981 horror film. You were mentioning horror films. How about The Fun House? How about it? Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper, a 4K release of The Fun House, courtesy of Scream Factory. So Now, I did get get the Blu-ray of Chainsaw. Uh Uh-huh. Because there's a German 4K that I hear. That is correct. It's it's not... uh, you know, it's it's very negligible, the visual mm-hmm. difference. I mean, the Chainsaw is a 16-millimeter film, isn't it? From, That's right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's only so much you could do with it or so much that I want to have done with it, <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly. Because uh, nothing, nothing's going to replicate that Betamax I saw in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. There's something about the low-grade, you know, seeing it in a low-grade fashion that gives it a certain... Uh, a certain something extra. I I heard Quentin Tarantino speaking of this on his last podcast. You may have heard it as well, where they were talking about uh, they transfer, you know, the transfers on these VHS and beta tapes were yeah. from the original, you know, prints, and they have some splotches and you know the the cigarette burns and all that stuff is there, and it gives it a special quality uh, that's missing from today's transfers where they don't touch the film at all. I believe that with some movies, but uh, he was making it as a blanket statement that VHS, right. VHS will always oust in terms of visual quality, any other yeah, format. And I, I think do. that's total bullshit. I do, too. I was uh, going to say that. But, uh, but Chainsaw, yeah. Chainsaw and something like Last House on the Left. Do you really want to see Last House on the Left look pristine? I mean, that kind of uh, negates the whole point of the movie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yep, I'm right there with you. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, there are some films that do benefit from a good transfer, though. And and 35-millimeter prints, you know, seeing them in a the theater in a 35-millimeter print is not always the best way to go because I've seen a few 35-millimeter prints in films of classic films. I've I've mentioned this multiple times on the show, I believe, but the Superman 2, I saw that actually at the New Beverly Cinema that Tarantino owns. 
And uh, it was a really bad experience because the, the print was really washed out. It was pinkish to the point where it was distracting. Yeah. And I was there with a buddy, and we walked out halfway through. We loved Superman too. We didn't want to do it, but he just we couldn't do it. It was just so distracting. So sometimes 35 is not always the best. I would have, I would have much rather rather have seen a good looking DCP of Superman two. Uh, that would have done it for me. But anyway, yeah, that's just uh, my personal opinion. Well, the thing I love about Chainsaw is the, are the four audio commentaries. So, oh yeah, I was yes. I, I did replay the movie four times last night. So did you <laughs> just, really just play each of the audio commentaries? It 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 made me forget. Like uh, I had forgotten how much I love audio commentaries because it's been so long since I mm-hmm. heard one. Oh yeah, they're great. Uh, well, I, you know the ones that do it well, and uh, all the ones on Chainsaw are moderated by David Gregory, who who I know. Who made the uh-huh. documentary on the making of Chainsaw? And so they're very, very informed. Yeah, yeah. What I do a lot of times is if I'm working from home, I'll just put an audio commentary on and just listen to the audio while I'm doing my my yeah. day job. And so uh, with, on my home theater system. So that, while, that's while a good, you're masturbating. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> different day job but anyway <laughs> and then you know Ridley, and ridley scott does great commentaries because i listen yes, to a, both yes. alien and black hawk down yep. yeah yeah fantastic yeah now don't forget to go back and listen to the commentary on the exorcist with william freakin so <laughs> i kind of get that is that 4k yeah <laughs> no it's not it's a joke you know that's considered to be one of the bad commentaries oh is it really yeah it really is it's where he just kind of tells you what's going on on screen. Oh, that's uh, what that's what Cosmatis did in the commentary of Cobra. Yeah, it's like that. It's like, well, you see here, and it, you know, you would expect a little more from 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 uh, Friedkin, and that's why when he did the uh, the the Power of God or whatever that documentary was that he did a couple uh, of years ago about the uh, making of The Exorcist, I kind of was not, you know, my expectations were low. Let's put it that way. And when I saw it, I was amazed because that's what the commentary from the film should have been. Is what that documentary turned out to be. It, it gives you everything the commentary does. Uh, well, I remember years ago when the bl- when a blue uh, or DVD version of The Exorcist came out that had uh-huh. his commentary, and it, and it opened with an introduction by William Friedkin, and he was standing there right. in a pink sweater, and he was introducing the movie. And I'm like, why would you do this? You're doing commentary on the movie, just to make that part of the commentary track, like. Yes. And so I, I thought that was so damn pretentious, and I. I remember watching it with our mutual friend Rick, and I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if he did audio commentary underneath his introduction?" <laughs> Where he was like, "This is—I remember being the, the the Dillards, and I found this sweater, and uh, it was a pink sweater. It was a bold color, and uh, and we made fun of that. Actually, the first minute of Movie Geeks United in on April fifteenth, two thousand seven, which was our first episode, mm-hmm. we had Chris do an imitation of uh, William Friedkin." That's right. Yeah, talking about how, now. talking about how he he uh, masterminded all these uh, very consequential inventions throughout history. I invented streets <laughs> 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 because we thought he was so pretentious. And then Stop years lights. years like yeah, exactly, exactly. And then years later, I get to talk to Freakin' and I freaking loved him. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah, he was he was so great on the show when you had him on those couple of times, and he was so you know the stories were great as they always are. He's such a great raconteur. Yeah, and I did uh, not I mean, tell him we yeah. made fun of him in our first episode. <laughs> Go back and listen to the first episode, and you'll hear us <laughs> goofing on you. Oh gosh, yeah, he's. But the rumor is it's not official that you know next year's the 80th birthday of Warner Brothers, and there's going to be some major catalog titles that are coming down the pike and the rumor is that the exorcist is among them it has to be oh yes it has to be you know i i I just just looked at a behind a photo Mm -hmm. there was some kind of parade i don't know if it was a christmas parade or fourth of july parade or something this was a photo taken in i guess 1971 or 72 and and a float was passing a movie theater and i don't even know where it is uh what city it's in but playing at that movie theater was Deliverance and A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Warner Brothers titles both. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what a depressing fucking time in the movies. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> that I mean, two undoubtedly spectacular movies. 
But, uh, you know, just that double feature shows you where where the filmmakers' heads were at. You know? Oh, yeah. Early 70s. I mean, that was... So I would think that those two movies are probably in... But Clockwork gets so Clockwork already has a 4K. That's right. I don't know how much you could do with Kubrick that, that hasn't already been done. You know, mm, Not other, a whole lot. Other than maybe Criterion releasing Barry Lyndon on 4K. Yeah, I think that's coming. I think that's there's been a lot of clamoring for that, so I I, I would not be surprised to see that. But yeah. I have the I have the Blu-ray of the Criterion Blu-ray of Barry Lyndon, and it's spectacular in terms of the transfer. Yeah, so. but if any any movie deserves 4K, I mean, I, I I understand the the piano in 4K and all that kind of stuff, just mm-hmm. these visual visually splendid movies, and but to be oh, able yeah. to be able to see that the detail of the fabrics and the costumes and Barry Lyndon and all that kind of stuff would be a treat. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm hoping here's to hoping they do it. And really soon. Um, I will, uh, move along to Halloween kills from 2021 has been issued by universal in 4k. Uh, I don't think that's the film that's really going to make a big difference in terms of <laughs> whether you see it in blu-ray or, or not, but it's not going to change the quality of the film, but if yeah. you are a fan of Halloween Kills, it is available, as is Minions, The Rise of Gru from 2022, and the animated film. Both of those universal releases, a trio of Kino releases here. We have Paravision Dreams, which is a, a series of uh, the Golden Age 3D films of Pine and Thomas Sangari. And these include uh, three of their 3D films. There were uh, producers in the 50s who jumped on the 3D bandwagon. Those redheads from Seattle, Javaro, and uh, Sangari. Those are the ones. So anyway, Twice Told Tales from 1963, Vincent Price, and The Oblong Box from 1969. Both of those mm. Vincent Price titles getting a Kino. Oblong release. Box, they try to sell that as a, as a Poe movie, didn't they? They did. Yes, they did. And, and it wasn't actually very, from a Poe story? Not really. No, it's very, very loosely, uh, you might say. But <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's the film that was uh, started by Michael Reeves, who did The Conqueror Worm, and he committed suicide during the before it could get finished or something. There's something wow. like that. And they buried him in an oblong box. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Um Anyway, he I think he was supposed to be the filmmaker behind it. And he he uh, and then Gordon Hessler, I believe, directed yeah. it or something. Anyway, uh, new commentaries on both of those, the Twice Told Tales and the Oblong Box, and new commentaries also on the Paravision Dream set that we just mentioned. Uh, the Cop from 1970 is another release from Kino, and He Who Must Die from 1957. All of those are Kino releases with new extras. As well on all those. And I will mention Warner Archive only had two releases in the month of September. And one of these is really terrific. I'm so, I mean, both of them are good, but this was the one that I really was um, very pleased to see. And that's Rachel Rachel, directed Hmm. by Paul Newman, his directorial debut, I believe. And I love this film. It's a great uh, character study, you know. Uh, And speaking of those early 70s films, I think this is a precursor to a lot of those films that we would see in the early 70s, and it's so well-directed and so well-acted and so well-edited. I love the editing style in this film. It's really kind of ahead of its time, and kind of a lot of people would mimic this, the sort of thing he's doing here. There was a lot of editing um, innovation at the time. I mean, yeah, t- yeah. particularly R- Richard Lester. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like Petulia and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. Uh, it's... I mean, for a first-time director, you know, somebody who's better known as an actor at that point, and this is his first time behind the camera, it's pretty, pretty astonishing how well put together this film is, and it is a, uh, it is a, a character study of a spinster school teacher, vir- a virgin actually, and who's having a sexual awakening in her early 30s, <laughs> and uh, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's just really well done, and I saw it. Around the same time that I watched the Paul Newman miniseries, I had seen it before, but it had been a long time. And I mean, the uh, the documentary mini, uh, the docu docu series, I should say, on Paul Newman and Rachel Woodward that was on HBO Max, and I watched this around that time and really, really enjoyed it. And Rachel, Rachel, it has no extras, unfortunately, but uh, terrific transfer, I would say. And Warner Archive did that one, so if you are a fan of this film or just haven't seen it, I could. Not recommend it more. Is it's one really archive good. MOD? 
Uh, not anymore, I don't believe. They okay. used to be part of the... Uh, they used to be, uh, uh, they had a thing called the WB shop where you could order online, but now I think you just go to Amazon. It's not, I think they are pressed discs at this point, I do believe. So anyway, um, you know, there's uh, good, some good uh, stuff from them still coming. The other one is Abe Lincoln in Illinois which stars Raymond Massey doing his version of his interpretation of Abraham Lincoln. And this is basically about the early days of uh, the origin story of Abraham Lincoln, I guess you would say. <laughs> Wasn't there a Henry Fonda? And in... Yeah, that's um, Mr. Lincoln. What is that? The uh, Something, something, Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, it's the same year, I believe. And that's the superior film, the Henry Fonda film. I'm just the t- title's escaping me. But the Abe Lincoln in Illinois is not bad. It's an MGM uh, title, I believe. No, no, it's a, it's a RKO. I'm sorry, release, and uh, it's good of its type, just not as good as the uh, the the Henry Fonda competing film. Young man, the young young Mr. Lincoln, I think. Young Mr. Lincoln. Young Mr. Lincoln, you got it, you got it. So um, anyway, so we'll move along. Uh, that's September the 6th, I believe. That covers all of the titles from that particular day. And we move on to September 13th. We have Real Genius in 4K from Sony Pictures. And, you know, that's become a, a big cult film, I guess, over the years since its release. It has a large following, of, especially of people who are 80s nostalgists, I guess yeah. you would say. And so it got a, it got an Ultra H. Ultra HD upgrade in 4K. I don't think there's any new extras here. I think it's just a lot of legacy extras, but Sony has done that, and they always do good, a good job with their catalog titles. I, I would say that if you're a fan of the film, you're probably going to be pleased. I did not get a review copy, full confession. I did watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on 4K, and mm-hmm. the the sound really kicks in with the rumbling of uh, the cars. Oh, really? <laughs> Every time there's a car scene, which is often in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and I'm sure the music cues come yeah. through pretty well. I, I have that 4K, and I hate to say it, I have not watched it yet. It's still sealed. <laughs> Although I love the film. You know, I do. It just didn't, just never never got around to it, but, but will eventually. Oh, let's see. We have The Fog in 4K. I'm sure you knew that one. Uh, I you got said that something one. about getting that. Okay, you did get that one. I have not picked that one up got yet. Got the Steel Book. Oh, good for you. Good stuff. I almost blew my speakers out. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, you know, the jump scares in that movie and the, yeah. I've always loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just atmospherically, I like it. I love it, too. I do, too. And I don't, oh, I think I bought a digital copy of it several years ago. Uh, I need to get a good physical copy of that. So I think this may be the time for me to make the the leap to 4k i may pick that up uh didn't uh didn't get a review copy of that you know screen factory is they used to send me just about everything they put out but i think they after covid they had some production issues and they kind of slowed down on what they send us uh critics but they do send us some things uh, and i'm grateful for what they do send but the fog was not one of them unfortunately so uh, neither was platoon in 4k that's another uh, scream shout release it shout select part of their shout select line i'm hearing that the transfer is not that good on the new platoon 4k yeah. though i'm here yeah. that's uh the rap on that is not is not good so i don't know if it's worth your time or not can't say for sure but i know i don't think there are, there may be a few new extras here not sure i know all the legacy extras are here including the two-hour documentary and so it's it's you the know commentary the stuff- where he's drinking out of a bottle <laughs> I think you can hear him yeah. swigging, swigging out of a tequila yeah, bottle right. or something. Yep, that's good old Oliver. Yeah, so anyway, Platoon did make the leap to 4K, and that's a good thing, so I'm, I'm glad. As did the original Friday the 13th from I Paramount. Got, I got that. Yeah. Because I, I, I wanted to know, what does a piece of shit look like in 4K? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did you watch it yet? Did you... And, uh, you know, it was shot in 35, so it, it probably looks better than it ever has. But, uh huh. Yeah. No matter what, you can't put lipstick on a turd. So, it, you know, I, I, I do not confuse Friday the 13th with good movies, but I will watch them to pass the time. 
Because mm-hmm. I think they're fun as far as it goes. Oh yeah, sure. Yes, they. Uh, I. They sent me a review copy of the. They did all the Paramount films in a set last year on Blu-ray. It's like an eight-disc set that has all of the all the way up through the right. Jason Takes Manhattan, right. which is fine. I don't really care for any of the ones after that anyway. So that's enough for me. So I think I'm done. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think uh, a, I don't think a 4K is needed in Friday the Thirteenth. It was yeah, it kind of felt like a novelty purchase. Yeah, exactly. And I don't need Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X or Freddy vs. Jason because I didn't like any of those anyway. So I'm all good with the Paramount titles. So, yes. Well, anyway, Drive is a film uh, starring uh, Kadeem Hardison and Brittany Murphy in an early role. It's a car chase thriller that actually debuted on HBO, I believe, in 1997 and has developed a cult following over the years. It's being issued in 4K uh, with two different cuts of the film uh, from 88 films. And MVD releasing. So Drive is a uh, another 4K title being issued. And we'll move along to Monty Python's The Meaning of Life has been issued by Universal in 4K. Which, you know, I kind of dig Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. There's some funny stuff there. Not, not completely successful, but as in most sketch films, there's always going to be a few weak ones there. But it's a lot of good stuff there, So I would say. So... Anyway, uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. I don't think there are any new extras, mostly the archival stuff you've already seen. But if you are a completist of Monty Python and you want that, so there it is. It's available. Uh, Lightyear, the Disney film from Toy Story tie-in from last summer that didn't do very well at the box office. That's been issued by Disney in 4K. Uh, Fatal Attraction has made the leap to 4K from Paramount as well. And no new extras here either that I'm aware of. It's mostly just um, stuff that's been on previous releases. Uh, I think the alternate ending of the film is there, as we know. But uh, anyway, Cool World from 1992 has been issued as a part of a, uh, as a part of the Shout Select line of titles. And uh, Kim Basinger, of course, starring in this. Brad Pitt as well. It's a Ralph Bakshi uh, hybrid animated live action film that didn't do very well back in 1992 when it was released, but kind of has a following now, I guess. Uh, we have The Addams Family in 4K. The 1991 film has made the leap to 4K from Paramount. And let's see, Canadian Bacon, uh, the only non-documentary film from Michael Moore, has made the leap to Blu-ray uh, from MVD releasing. And one of my favorite releases Which one? Up, Canadian Bacon. Okay. Uh, 1995. And one of my favorite films from, uh, one of my favorite re- releases, rather, uh, from this month would be Massacre at Central High from 1976, a film that I never thought would get released on Blu-ray because of the controversial subject matter. It's about a, uh, a guy who's killing off uh, his classmates uh, <laughs> at a school. Uh, high school. It stars Andrew Stevens, uh, Daryl Morey, and uh, directed by Renee Dalton, who I think was a production designer on RoboCop. I think it's his only directorial. Uh, it's his only directing effort. I think um, it's very similar to. It had a real big influence on Heather's. I'm told, and you can see it in the. And I like it. I'm a huge fan of this film. First discovered it in August of 1982 when we first got cable. That was when we first got it in our area, and this was, you know, HBO would would take. I think they bought a package of films and they would run a lot of these films, uh, you know, because they didn't have anything else to run. So uh, Massacre at Central High was one of the films they ran one night at eight o'clock. I remember one summer evening in August of that year. And I watched it and I was blown away by it. Loved it, loved it, loved huh. it, because it's, uh, it's a really smart film. I know Roger Ebert was a big fan of it uh, as well. Couldn't make and it today. No, you could not. And I'm shocked that it was released on Blu-ray because it was so hard to find for so many years. All I have is a crappy uh, VHS transfer, uh, and it was hard to, but now they've done, uh, this 1080 proper remaster scan transferred, supervised by the director. He passed away before this was released, unfortunately. So he's now gone, but, uh, our good buddy, Mike White, uh, his audio interviews with the cast of the film, uh, Andrew Stevens, Robert Carradine, Daryl Morey, and Rex Steven Sykes. Uh, he did that as part of his projection booth podcast and it's included here. Wow. 
as well as the audio interviews with the director, Renee Dalder, conducted by uh, Michael Gingold, the horror historian. And there's a documentary here called Hell in the Hallways, The Making of Massacre at Central High. And it's a new making of documentary. Uh, theatrical trailers, TV spots, all that stuff. Uh, this was a Synapse Films release. And thank goodness they put this. God bless them for doing it because I love, love, love this film. And it's a smart film, too, because the guy, you know, it's a new kid in town. Um, and basically the bullies start bullying. He starts taking up for the people who are being bullied. And then they start uh, bullying him. And so he basically decides to get rid of all of them. And he dispatches them in some pretty inventive ways. And then he realizes that once he's gotten rid of the bullies, then another group of bullies take their place. And so it's like a hierarchy where you can never totally get rid of the uh, all of the bullies in the school. If you get rid of one set of bullies, there's always going to there's going to be some that take their place. So uh, it's an interesting concept. And um, it's a problem. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it truly is. It's a great film. Massacre at Central High. Great transfer. Uh, I was very pleased. So this made my day uh, or a month, I should say. So proudly we hail is a 19, uh, 1943 film. I think this is a Kino release, uh, just a Blu-ray release. This uh, stars uh, Claudette Colbert and Paulette, Paulette Goddard and Veronica Lake. And we also I'll just go ahead and uh, knock out all of the Kino releases. Indecent Proposal from Adrian Lyne. We just talked about Adrian Lyne's fan, uh uh, Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal. Which I hear is, isn't good. Isn't yeah. a good release. Yeah, I've heard the transfer's not... You'd probably be better sticking with your uh, Blu-ray if you haven't, because it, it's pretty good, I can say that. So, um, Anyway, Indecent Proposal is a Kino issue, 4K upgrade uh, of another uh, Adrian Line box office smash, as it were. And um, I'm sure many people... Who are fan? People remember that. I don't even have to recap the plot of this film. I don't think, but uh, anyway, Robert Redford, Demi Moore, and even Rip Taylor turns up in this film. How about that? So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He's entertaining at a Redford party, isn't he? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Good lord. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous movie he ever did. I know. Uh, <laughs> when did you ever expect to see uh, Robert uh, uh, Robert Redford and Rip Taylor in the same building? <laughs> and Billy Bob Thornton too. Yeah, I can't imagine what the instructions he gave his agent. Like, give me a Redford movie. What? <laughs> Are you on something, Rip Taylor? <laughs> I still laugh every time they do. They don't do it so much anymore because Howard Stern's show has changed completely from what it used to be. But I remember back in the day when they would always sample that uh, that audio clip of Rip Taylor. Hello, Frisco. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Anyway, Tropic Thunder has been issued in 4K by Kino. I thought this was something that uh, I was shocked that Paramount didn't do this, Paramount proper. But nonetheless, Kino took over the chores and they have issued it uh, in 4K. The original theatrical cut and the director's cut is available on a separate Blu-ray as part of the package. And this was a huge hit, of course, in 2008. Uh, you know, a surprise late summer hit. And it was, I think it was at a time when Tom Cruise's career was at a, at a low. It was kind of he was suffering a little bit, and this kind of uh, put him, you know, kind of rejuvenated his career a little bit because he was obviously having fun in this film, and and he is good, as is the rest of the cast. So, anyway, by candlelight, oh, new a few new extras by the way on this uh, the um, Tropic Thunder as uh, say, and also with the um, with Indecent Proposal, there's a boatload of extras. New and old on both of these discs, Tropic Thunder and Indecent Proposal. Anyway, uh, by candlelight. Uh, that's a 1933 film um, from Universal. Director James Whale, who also did Frankenstein and Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein. It's a pre-code romantic comedy. Uh, Muriel of, I'm sorry, Murder, Murder at the Vanities. <laughs> that's another Universal film uh, from 1934. Another, uh, maybe it's a pre-code musical comedy as well. Uh, new commentary here by Anthony Slide. Uh, we have the Blue Iguana from 1988. It's a uh, part mystery, part thriller, and uh, it's billed as a spoof, starring um, Dylan, Dylan McDermott. Um, and also Flea appears in this film from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Jessica Harper as well. So there's a new commentary, no commentary, no extras except the trailer. Uh, Blind Fury with Rutger Hauer. 
from 1989 and also starring Terry O'Quinn and Lisa Blunt. And Meg Foster, this has a new audio commentary by screenwriter Charles Robert Carner, and that's moderated by filmmaker Douglas Hostile. And he's a, uh, Rutger Hauer is a blind Vietnam vet who's going after ruthless mafia killers. What more can you say? Uh, the score, uh, starring Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando and Edward Norton, that's been issued in 4K. Uh, directed by Frank Oz from 2001. And a uh, new transfer here approved by the cinematographer and a few extras here making of the score uh, featurette. So there you go. Film Noir, The Dark Side of Cinema. Um, let's see. Uh, this is the latest in their ongoing series. This one includes Lady on a Train, Tangier, and Take One False Step Ahead. And there's a couple of uh, new commentaries here as well. Eyes of Laura Mars, you referenced that earlier. There's a special edition of that on Blu-ray uh, that includes a uh, commentary, the archival commentary by Urban Kirshner, and the 1978 Making of Featurette, Happy Birthday to Me, starring Melissa Sue Anderson and Glenn Ford from 1981, horror film, uh, of course. And this has a new interview with the actress Tracy Bregman and a new commentary by the co-screenwriter. So, And another dark side of cinema, this one on volume 10, Flesh and Fury, the Square Jungle and World in My Corner. So we have those. Um, Dress to Kill, as we mentioned earlier, 4K issue upgrade from Kino with a lot of the archive features uh, that are there. And it's a new 16-bit scan of the original negative. So we have all that. Uh, 4K Ultra HD upgrade of the usual suspects uh, with a new... Um, Color graded and approved transfer by the cinematographer, uh, Newton Siegel, and uh, most of the archival extras are here. A few ne- new ones as well. The Rain, the Rainmaker, with Burt Lancaster and Catherine Hepburn, hmm. and uh, this has uh, an, a 6K scan of the 35 millimeter Beast Division camera negative. New audio commentary by uh, Julie Kurgo, who's been a guest on our nice. show. Yeah, so anyway, Lonely Hearts from 1959, starring uh, Montgomery Cliff, Robert Ryan, and Maureen Stapleton. And uh, it's a drama about an idealist caught in the rough-and-tumble world of newspaper journalism. Uh, and um, no extras here, just a trailer. Uh, the Counterfeit Trader from 1962, starring uh, William Holden and Lily Palmer and George Seaton directs. And... Um, I think that pretty well covers the Kino releases for the month of September. So we'll move on to a few other things here. We have, uh, oh, Bright Victory is one that I missed somehow. Not sure how that happened. That's, uh, it's about a, uh, blind, uh, war veteran trying to adjust to his life with Arthur Kennedy. It's a very well made film. Uh, I wouldn't, I have seen that before and would uh, recommend. Oh, let's see what else we have here. We have Elvis, the recent uh, Baz Luhrmann film, has been issued on Blu-ray and 4K uh, with a few featurettes, no deleted scenes or anything of that nature. But, um, you know, uh, Takeout from 2004, and that was directed by Sean Baker. And it's the story of an illegal Chinese immigrant falling behind on payments on an enormous smuggling debt. This is... uh, just a Blu-ray release, I believe. It's a Criterion issue, as I uh, mentioned, and um, f- some new extras, of course, as you would expect. Rollerball, uh, James Kahn, that has uh, been issued, uh, reissued rather, uh, previously available via Vinegar Syndrome, now Scorpion releasing, doing the honors in a reissue because it's uh, out of print. Uh, hmm. It went out of print, so... Um, Anyway, so now you can, if you missed getting your chance, you missed your chance getting rollerball, uh, now you've, now you have your chance again. So anyway, uh, Poltergeist and The Lost Boys, as we mentioned, we're moving to September 20th, both of those being issued on 4K, and you just already gave us a review of, uh, Poltergeist, uh, and you were vouching for the quality, and, um, it doesn't have anything new, unfortunately, just a featurette on the making of the film from, uh, it's an archival featurette that was shot at yeah. the time of the film's release, and, 
a documentary on the real world of poltergeists. A lot of speculation that they that Spielberg doesn't want to address the controversy about Toby Hooper maybe directing or not directing the film, so he just shies away from it. And so there's never been a behind-the-scenes documentary on the making of Poltergeist, which is shameful, I think. But anyway. Yeah, here's... it's interesting that people haven't asked him about it. I know, right? Because people would ask Toby Hooper about it all the time. Oh, they sure did. That's very true. That's true. So the Lost Boys, uh, as I mentioned, also getting the 4K upgrade. Uh, all the archival features are being ported over. Nothing new here but except the new transfer, but the new transfer is quite good, So I'm told. So Exotica from 1993, it's directed by Adam Goyan about the comings and goings, no pun intended, at a uh, strip club. And uh, some new exes, new commentaries, uh, maybe a few deleted scenes uh, here too as well. Uh, King Kong, the 1933 King Kong has been out of print for a while, but has now been issued, reissued by the Warner Archive, uh, with all of the archival extras intact. Uh, Le, Le Corbeau from 1943, uh, getting a Criterion release with, um, uh, some extras, as they, near, near, as they normally do. Uh, the Outer Limits seasons one and two being reissued after being out of print for a while by Kino. Those have been made their way back to back to Blu-ray. And um, let's see. Oh, everything you always want to know about sex has been reissued by Sandpiper Pictures, as has Love and Death. From 1975, another Woody Allen film, both of those, and Bananas as well. Forgot about that. All of those getting reissued after being out of print for a while. Uh, they were previously issued by Vinegar Syndrome. And uh, Dream Child is a 1985 film uh, about the author of Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. And so this was, uh, I remember this getting some... I think they got pretty good reviews on Siskel Niebert, I remember, but I've never seen it. But Kino released Dream Child from 1985. Uh, Love and Death is another reissue of a Woody Allen title from Sandpiper Pictures. That has uh, been... Uh, so these Woody Allen titles from the United Artists catalog that he did in the 70s, I think most of those are getting uh, reissued by Sandpiper there, just all together. Um Invaders from Mars has got, I think that's, uh, oh, I can't remember the label who's done this, but it's the original Invaders from Mars, not the Toby Hooper. Ignite Films has reissued this in 4K, or done rather done a 4K upgrade, I should say, because it's never been issued before in 4K. And, of course, uh, remade in 1986 by Toby Hooper, as we already mentioned so the Evil Dead remake from 2013 has been issued in 4K from Sony. And I was not a particular fan of this, but I know some people love it. Can I tell you? In Bruges has been issued by Kino in 4K. Uh, that's one of their uh, September releases. And I know what you did last summer. Uh, from 1997, has gotten a 4K upgrade from Sony, uh, with I think most of the archival extras intact. Uh, but in Bruges, I think has uh, a few new extras along with some of the archival stuff. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, Disney issuing this in 4K from this past summer. If you're a Marvel fan, I don't need to say anything else about that. Uh, the Amityville Horror has made the 4K leap, uh, courtesy of Vinegar Syndrome. With, I think, a few new extras. I hear the transfer on this is pretty good if you're an Amityville Horror fan. I uh, I was never a huge fan of this film. Uh, I think if you read the book before you saw the film, which I did, uh, you know, you'll be nonplussed by this film adaptation because you see how much they missed. And so uh, I guess people who have fond memories of the Amityville Horror just never read the book, basically. But, uh, you know, it has, a few, it has one or two effective moments. That's about it for me. Uh, War of the Worlds and When Worlds Collide, both of those getting a 4K issue from Paramount with uh, some commentaries here previously issued, I think. Um, the Sky is Falling, a making of the War of the Worlds uh, documentary. They, a featurette on H.G. Wells and um, trailers. 
little controversy here on this because they're saying that uh, the World of Worlds, the color grading is, uh, they say that the uh, as far as the sharpness and all that stuff on the, uh, the, uh, the in terms of the picture quality is great, but the um, the color grading has some issues, is what I've heard. Uh, that hmm. uh, Mars has the wrong color, and yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's there's a little controversy on the War of the Worlds. Uh, 4K issue by Paramount, so I don't know, but you know, I'm hearing some people say it's really overall it's great except for the color issues, so I don't know. Uh, but anyway, The Incredible Melting Man has been issued in 4K. Uh, who would thought, who would have thought that you would see The Incredible Melting Man getting a 4K issue before Chinatown, but, and yet we did. Um, so Vinegar Syndrome issuing this about a, an astronaut who gets too close to the sun comes back with a disease that causes him to have a hunger for human flesh because he's melting. And uh, great makeup effects by Rick Baker. Uh, I had a fondness for this as a child, but it's not really a great film, I have to admit. Um, not really. But anyway, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, again, with their 4K titles, they've licensed a bunch of the MGM titles, and that's one of them they have the rights to. Uh, the Sound of Metal, uh, continuing on the trend of Criterion releasing recent films, on uh, Blu-ray and 4K, they have issued The Sound of Metal, which was an Oscar nominee in 2020. I wasn't a fan of this film at all. Uh, just I felt like it had a good premise that was completely squandered and uh, just didn't really go anywhere. But um, I guess some people loved it. What can I tell you? So anyway, it's about a, a musician who's losing his hearing, and um, you know it, 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 it's just not very well done. I don't think it. I don't think it. Um, Follows through on its premises, on its premise in the way it should have. But anyway, some new extras in, on this 4K issue of The Sound of Metal. The Monsters, the recent uh, reboot of The Monsters, directed by Rob Zombie, which I have not seen, has been issued by Universal on Blu-ray in a collector's edition, they're calling it. And um, Hudson Hawk, <laughs> the infamous uh, 1991 Summer 1991 uh, Megaton Bomb, starring Bruce Willis, which now has uh, a f- has some fans. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess there's always a fan for something, uh, no matter what it is. But anyway, uh, this was uh, legendary in terms of its uh, failure. And that has been issued by Kino, a new transfer, stuff, new extras. Hearts Beat Loud has been reissued by Vinegar Syndrome on Blu-ray. That was from 2018. And one of my picks of the month would be another pick of the month, in addition to Massacre at Central High, would be Natural Enemies, which has been issued by Fun City Editions, which is a subsidiary of Vinegar Syndrome. This is a terrific uh, little scene film starring Hal Holbrook as a man who wakes up and just decides that he's going to kill his family. And he narrates the film and tells you about what happened and what led him to this place. And uh, the event as the clock ticks down to his uh, through the day, and he's getting closer and closer to the moment where he's pl- plotting the murder of his family. And it's it's obviously not a very uh, the subject the subject matter is not very cheery, of course, but it's so effectively done. Watch it with your family at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very reminiscent. It reminded me of Taxi Driver in a lot of ways. Of course, not on the level of Taxi Driver in terms of the technical proficiency of the film, but but it's it's a really good film, solidly acted, and uh, it's a downer for sure. But if you're looking, it, it's kind of um, also assassination of Richard Nixon. It put me in mind of that. It's about a guy who's just tired of life dumping on him, and he's just had enough. And uh, so anyway, Natural Enemies, if you can get your hands on a copy of that, starring Hal Holbrook from 1979, uh, it's it's worth your time if you're a fan of serious 70s cinema. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, Last Action Hero has been issued by Sony uh, on 4K. Speaking of other uh, summer bombs, that yeah. was another. Speaking happen. of 70s yeah. dramas. <laughs> <laughs> Zombieland being issued on 4K by Sony. Uh, Martin Scorsese's latest world cinema project has been issued as well, which includes uh, multiple films. This is volume number four. Venom has been issued in 4K or reissued, I'm not sure which, uh, from uh, Sony. And Gattaca from 1997, starring Ethan Hawke, has been issued in 4K from Sony. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, the 1984 film starring Richard Thomas, directed by Richard Franklin, 
Uh, this has been issued in 4K by Vinegar Syndrome. And A Fugitive from the Past, a three-hour crime, Japanese crime film, has been issued by Arrow <coughs> from 1965. And this is a very well-reviewed film. Uh, it's got uh, some, a new transfer of the film, some uh, a bunch of new extras. Um, you know, if you uh, have are aware of A Fugitive from the Past or aren't aware of it, uh, the word on the street is very good about it. So anyway, uh, The Chocolate War, directed by Keith Gordon from 1988, has been issued by MVD with some, I think, mostly archived extras, but a new transfer on Blu-ray. I think it's the first time ever on Blu-ray. So uh, Keith Gordon, uh, we, we generally like his work as a director. So um, anyway... Um, and I want to go out as I finish our latest Blu-ray episode by um, mentioning, let's see here. Uh, oh, there's a couple other titles. I'm sorry. I missed miss, miss a few other things. Sorry. Uh, Jason's Lyric is another Kino release from 1994 with a new commentary, I believe. Uh, Jumanji, the uh, 2017 Jumanji, made the leap to 4K from Sony. Uh, a couple more. A couple more uh, Woody Allen titles, Zelig from 1983 and Stardust Memories from 1980 and Interiors from 1978, all uh, getting reissued by Sandpiper Pictures again. And um, I think that just about covers it with the exception of one film I wanted to recommend, and that is The Automat, which is a lovely new documentary from filmmaker Lisa Hurwitz about the restaurants uh, the long defunct restaurant, uh, the Automat, known as the Automat. It was a chain of restaurants in New York City and Philadelphia, and they served food really uh, cheaply during the Depression, and they kept a lot of people alive at a time when food was, uh, you know, not, you know, when people didn't have a lot of money in their pockets during the Depression. Uh, Mel Brooks is in the film. Uh, he actually composed a song that's played over the end credits about his love for the automat. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in the film, Elliot Gould, Colin Powell, Carl Reiner. Uh, it's a lovely documentary about a time and place long gone, and um, I uh, I was quite keen on it, and I wanted to mention uh, this. If you, uh, Owen Gleiberman, uh, I think he first uh, wrote, a, he wrote a glowing review of it, and that's where it first came onto my radar, I believe. He says, an enchanting and wistfully profound time-tripping reverie, and I would agree. It's a lovely film from Kino, the Automat. Wow. It's a short 79 minutes. Gets gets in, gets out real quick. But um, good good film. And uh, features a new audio introduction by Mel Brooks as well. And an extended interview with Mel Brooks. 54 minutes in total where he talks about, he waxes rhapsodic about his love of the Automat. Wow. So anyway, so there you go. Is he wearing a pink sweater in his introduction? <laughs> good callback. No, he is not. But... Uh, Nevertheless, if you have not seen the Automat or uh, have not heard of it, I would I would say seek it out. It's a good, good undiscovered documentary. It's flying under the radar, I think. So, okay. There you go. All of the Blu-ray news that's fit to print.